Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts connect the alarm change the podcast you stream connect the snooze 10 more minutes to dream connect the shower lather up with the news sports talk comedians or movie reviews connect with that 3 hour philosophy show change the drive into work in traffic so slow Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Hey there. And uh, so what do you want to talk about today? Well, I thought we'd talk about a topic that we talk about, it seems, pretty much every day. Pie? No, not pie. Oh. Different topic. <laughs> the other topic we talk about every day. Yes, the 140-character topic that that just won't die. Um there's no, we wanted to. Yeah, no, no. There's no secret. I'm a Twitter junkie. I really am. And, no, that and, really is no secret. Right. Everyone who follows me knows know. that. Yes. Okay. And uh, there are a lot of other Twitter junkies out there, but they're starting to become an unwelcome uh, audience in certain venues. And that's what we wanted to talk about, specifically sporting events. Yeah. Um, 
sports. This is a uh, <laughs> yeah. This is the sports section this week. Yes. Um. No, actually, um, it's been in the news quite a lot recently, especially with um, uh, with the start of the Southeastern Conference football schedule not too long ago. Yes, uh, I had to have someone explain to me, but football apparently is a game in which two teams battle it out on a field that has been divided up into a hundred yards and you have to move a ball from your side to the other side. Um, you know, since you pointed out, uh, in an attempt to embarrass me that I have not seen the movie Jaws and I'll own up to, and I'll own up to that. I can't see how you managed to graduate from the university of Georgia, which, Go is, Bulldogs. One, <laughs> which is one of the, uh, perennial. Well, actually everybody in the SEC is, is, Known for sports. Being in the SEC, yeah. Uh, Not knowing that football is a game. I hate to tell you this, but I did not attend a single football game while I was at the University of Georgia. In fact, uh, football games games were the bane of my existence at UGA. But that's for a different different story altogether. Okay, so we've established that sports are an important part of life in the Southeastern Conference. It's a big draw, uh, especially football, I would say. Yes, yes. it, It is a... Not, there's not an underestimation to say it's a billion dollar industry. Yep. It's actually a multi-billion dollar industry. Oh yeah. And, uh, so when you're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry, you've got people who are financially, uh, um, involved in this thing, obviously. And that's, that's a lot of money. So anyone who's going to have their finances dependent upon something like that, they want as much control over it as possible. Uh huh. And part of that is controlling the information about the games as the games go on. Yes. Uh, this is because of those really, really lucrative television contracts. Yeah. And, and, like, when I said billions of dollars, that's what I'm really talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. These TV contracts with which give exclusive rights to certain channels to to show certain games. Yep. Um, in this case, with regard to the, with the SEC, um, they have a, a vendor, uh, XOS Technologies. That's probably pronounced something different, but that's the way I've only seen it in print. So, um, XOS. Yes, entirely possible. Uh, and so the SEC said, look, we are creating a new media policy. You can't tweet. You can't send video out. You can't send audio out. You can't blog about the games while you're sitting in the stadium. Yeah, you can't update your Facebook status to say, just saw an amazing touchdown by so-and-so. Yep. Can't do it because we said no. Right. And that means that you're, that they were going to try to control, I don't know, upwards of, Hundred thousand or more fans. Yeah, UGA. In a stadium. It was crazy. That stadium I was always packed. Every single SEC stadium has a huge capacity. At least everyone that I've been in, and I've been in a few of them. And you're going to try and control all those fans. Not to mention the people in the press box, whose job it is to actually, uh, you know, talk about the games as they yeah. go on. And it actually applied to them too. Yeah, the Southeast. Uh, um, I mean, the way they, they worded. They it. treat football differently than other parts of the country, I would say. Yeah. I mean, there are people who are really into their football teams. Don't get me wrong. But in the there Southeast, are other conferences that are going to argue with you, and you're going to get listener mail about this. I don't care. The Southeast, it is a religion, people. I am not joking. <laughs> you see generations of people from... Oh, sure. like, at UGA, I would see four generations of a family all attending a football game. You would have the, the, you know, the grandparents, the parents, the students, and then like their little nieces and nephews who aren't even old enough to spell UGA, much less <laughs> be a bulldog. So 
you and I, I mean, I know people who live in, in, in Georgia who never attended the University of Georgia who call themselves Bulldogs. Oh, yes. This is crazy to me. <laughs> I went to the U, to UGA and I did not call myself a Bulldog. Well, but maybe that's just because I'm lacking that sports gene. At any rate, it is a big business. And, and that's why the SEC came out with this media policy. They wanted to make sure that they were protecting that very lucrative TV contract. And, and, and that, yes, that's important. And, uh, the thing is, uh, it sent a lot of people off into what they might call a tizzy. Yes. Yes. There was a bit of a tizzy over this. And, uh, and as you pointed out, how do you enforce something like this? You're talking about such a imagine. huge – yeah. I mean when you've got the combination of a huge number of people, you've got smartphone saturation reaching a point that is greater than it ever has been in the history of the United States. I mean you know, everyone seems to have some sort of phone that is compatible with, with at least Twitter. I mean anyone with a text messaging plan can, can post to Twitter. Yep. It doesn't even need to be, to be a smartphone. It could be a regular cell phone. Right. So you've got potentially 90,000 people who all could access this social media, uh, uh, all these social media services in some way or another. There's no way to control that. So first of all, their premise alone was ridiculous. Uh But the policy really did tick off a lot of people because there are other arguments to make, such as, hey, if I'm at home, and uh, or I'm on the road, let's say I'm on the road and I don't have access to a, a channel that is showing this. And there's no way that I could watch this through a quote unquote uh, a legitimate way of, you know, there's no way I could follow the game legitimately. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with getting a Twitter message that says that someone scored a touchdown? Also, I don't see this as replacing any sort of broadcast kind of a, a, a function. I mean – who in their right mind is going to say, you know, I could turn on ESPN and watch the game, but I'd rather read about it in 140 characters at a time. <laughs> That's the way I want to consume my football, so to speak. I mean, not literally consume your football. As I understand it, they are made from pigskin. Uh, yeah. I am a, I, you know, I used to be a big fan of those. Depends. It depends on, uh, <laughs> I think it depends on the league and the, but yeah, probably. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway. Basically, what happened was after after the initial outcry, the uh, the SEC realized that it needed to resolve this before the beginning of the football season. Right, which so is they, rapidly approaching as we record this. It'll already be in progress once this goes live. Right, actually, we're 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 podcasting immediately before the uh, the first the pardon kickoff weekend. Um, we're actually tailgating right now. <laughs> woohoo! Yeah. Um, but the thing is, they realized they were going to have to take care of this very quickly. Right. And so what they did was uh, they actually revised it a couple times. But the, the most recent revision as of this recording uh, allows credentialed professionals to do what they need to do as far as, you know, their what, what they uh, what they need to do as far as their normal media activity. But the uh, the average person in the stands is still not supposed to be Twittering or sending uploading video or audio of the game. I'm See, sure that you could probably be kicked out of the stadium if you if get you're caught. caught. But come on, you're in you're one of ninety thousand people. Well, if they don't enforce the no alcohol rules, <laughs> right? No joke. So, yeah, this 
I, I just I don't see them being able to enforce this at all without spending way more money than they would lose from anyone watching a little snippet of video online. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I assume that this is all because of exclusivity deals that they, that their contracts state. So technically, if they did not take these steps, they would be responsible to the broadcast partners who would say, "Hey, our contract says that you would." You know, only do this for us. And if you're letting other people do it, then you're violating the contract. Okay. From a legal standpoint, I can understand it. From a practical one, it just doesn't make any sense. And this is the way the world is moving. You know, we're moving into a world where you can't turn around without someone having a, a cell phone out capturing video or taking pictures of something. There is no newsworthy event going on in the world today that does not have someone pointing a phone at it. When you can see video images from the darkest regions of the most remote places on earth because someone has a cell phone that happens to have a camera and they are able to open it up and take video of it, you can no longer expect that to to be a non-factor. It is here to stay. Jonathan. Yeah. Breathe. Oh, okay. Pie. <laughs> Pie. <laughs> He's gone to his happy place. Yes, my happy place is uh, okay. Uh The thing is, it's not just the SEC. There are other people trying to control Twitter, too. What? <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, other sports organizations. And the funny thing is, all of the sports, major sports leagues and their teams – have Twitter feeds. Official. Even the SEC does. Yep. There's an SEC Twitter feed. But other recent news has the NFL prohibiting social media activities during games as well. Now, as I understand it, the NFL is an organization where people play this game I was talking about, but they do it for money instead of for getting good grades. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't mean to suggest that football players in college get good grades in return for playing football. I would never suggest such a thing. I certainly never saw that at UGA. I was, ow. What? I never saw it at UGA. Actually, I just said I never saw it at UGA. Actually, uh, if you're gonna go there, never mind. I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Something about, you know, violating rules by getting paid while you're in college and playing ball. Podcast redacted. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and I certainly wouldn't say that about any school because I've never seen that happen. Truth but, be told, I have never seen it happen. I okay. am not making any allegations. No, we're teasing because it's one of those things that every school has their opponent's school there, making accusations. There are certain schools in the SEC that have in the past been accused of such things. I am not suggesting that any of them are actively doing that now. Okay, disclaimers over. The NFL. Right, which which actually does pay their players and they're yes, supposed to. And it, and it's actually legal. Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> we've lost control. Um, the NFL has uh, is preventing its own players from using Twitter and Facebook during the games. And referees. And referees and, you know. And even uh, there are the restrictions for the – holding the sign that shows you John where the first down line is. Oh, no. OK. Um, <laughs> John yeah, 316 guy, guy you the, can't you With can't the clown tweet. wig on? Yeah. That guy can do it. Actually, that guy's in jail, I think. <laughs> he, he was uh, for making bombs. Um, but, um, apparently, it is uh, it is a prohibition during the game – uh, 90 minutes before a game, up until the post-game interviews are completed, they can't talk about it. Right. And even the media have restrictions on when they are allowed to send out messages. It's usually things like at the end of a quarter, they can give a, a, a score update. Yes. So apparently this game's played in quarters? Yes. There are four Like parts. if that was played on a field. So anyway... Is it close quarters? All smart bets yeah. have uh, a player from the Cincinnati Bengals who is not in the least bit... Media savvy and cons constantly drawing attention to himself. His name's Chad Ochocinco. 
Right. Uh, smart bets having him pulling out his cell phone and twittering in the end zone after a touchdown at least once finds be damned. Right. <laughs> um, based on what I know of this fellow, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. I'd, and I'd as far as I'm concerned, that, why not? But I just, you know, I'd, I'd I'm not the one drawing that, uh, a $50,000 fine for doing something like this. I'd be surprised that his phone could survive a football game. Now, I guess if it can survive a football game, give that man an advertising contract because there's your ad. Well, yeah, Our phones true. can withstand a full tackle by, by NFL players. You know, there you go. They are wearing pads. What? <laughs> Um, in the past, other players have done such things uh, as Terrell Owens pulling out a Sharpie and signing a football and throwing it into the stands. This would be taking that a little further. Um, but, you know, there are other there are other organizations. I mean, not not everybody is as prohibitive as the SEC and the NFL are. Well, and, and we should also stress the NFL has said that they want their players to be able to use social oh, yeah. media. They yeah. want that fan interaction. Just not uh, during the game. Not itself. just during the game. Right. They, but they, they encourage their players to, to have this kind of, if they want to have this sort of user, you know, this fan player interaction, they're, they're more than welcome to do it, which I think is great because as you and I know, I mean, even in our field, which has nothing to do with sports, but has a similar uh, feature in the sense of, you know, we have people who listen to us, fans who listen to us. We like to be able to have that kind of interactivity with them. And so it's not just a one way street. True. Know. It's good to, that they are fostering that with their players. And to me, it makes sense that you don't, you know, you do, for the players anyway, that you don't give away information that could potentially affect the outcome of the game. That's true. Yeah, and they, I understand the reasoning behind that. And you'd also want to, uh, as a team, keep your players focused on the game. I mean, right, right, sure. You don't want their head to be like, oh, I hope my 5,000 followers like the fact that I just, you know, avoided a tackle in that yeah. last two yards. Yeah. Oh, wait, oh, wait, I just thought of something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, that's and, why uh, the uh, NBA team, the Milwaukee Bucks, prohibited uh, Charlie Villanueva from tweeting because he was tweeting during the game from the bench. And now the, uh, they basically the, said, yeah, can you not do that during the game? Now, the NBA, we're talking about a different sport. Yeah, that, that's a game called basketball. There's right. an orange ball, and you bounce it up and down on the floor. And at, when you get to the end of the floor, you're supposed to throw it through this little circle. Which one of the sports has a field goal? That would be football. Are you sure that basketball doesn't have a field goal? Actually, it would be basketball, too. <laughs> gotcha, Paulette. But both of them do. Yes. So I was, that was a, that was a trap for Paulette because I actually know something about basketball. Actually, you trapped yourself because you just proved, you just proved that you knew something about both sports. Son of a gun. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Redacted. Um, so, um, yeah, the, the, uh, the, yeah, NBA, their policy is essentially that every team has, can develop its own policy. Yeah. There's no, am, there's no NBA wide policy. And I was unable to see anything about Major League Baseball, uh, whether those guys really don't care. know how to use a phone. Oh, you, I would like to say that he said that and not me. I'm kidding. Actually, I'm actually you have plenty of time if you're sitting, if, if you're on yeah, offense, you, got, you have time yeah. in the dugout to tweet, you know. I should also point out, I am a huge baseball fan. Yeah, so I'm, say. I'm definitely joking about that. And in hockey, you would not have time to, because <laughs> yeah. you, you'd have like five seconds to rest and then you got to go and hit the ice again. So hockey, that's Shift just change. Out. Right. Phone so crushed, climbing exactly. over a wall. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, there would be some great tweets from hockey. I, I think everything would end with a. Oh. So, um, 
But yeah. Picking up teeth. Hold on. <laughs> Good. Nice. Yeah. So, uh. No, I'd love to see some hockey tweets. That'd be fun too. That would be fun. We should make a fake Twitter account for, for some, some fictitious hockey player. Okay then. Patent pending. <laughs> um. Everything, every time we make up something new, we're going to add that on pinning. the end. So, yeah. So NBA, the policy is left up to each individual team. Uh, and the going just, uh, this is backtracking a little bit to the NFL, but, uh, whereas I understand that they don't want you to, to send out any messages that could affect the outcome of the game. What I don't understand is sending out messages of, Hey, we're, we're 12 points up, you know, yeah. that again, to me, I don't think anyone out there is following folks with the intention of, hey, this way I don't have to have that that burden of watching the sport I love. I can just read about it in 140 characters at a time. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and and this really is a um, an issue that goes out to a lot of other industries and organizations. Um, you know, especially considering marketing. Uh, right. People who get excited about news that that you know may affect their company. I mean, you hear about it. Every once in a while, somebody will say, oh, hey, we just got chosen to be the so-and-so, and you'll find out that there wasn't an official press release going out. Yeah, or we, we've got or, this new partnership with such-and-such, such, or we're going to acquire such-and-such such company before it's actually finalized. And I have I, I have the feeling that it's not going to be much longer before there are official policies in place for many, many, many governmental bodies of legislation that hasn't yet been passed or p- things that are going on behind closed doors. Because politicians are starting to tweet a whole lot more than well, they used once to. Once again, we've gotten to the point where the technology is outpacing the legal system. I mean, it happens there all no, the time. There are no official rules right, there's in no, a lot of these yeah, cases. Because this stuff is so new, no one's thought, hey, how do we regulate this so that it doesn't affect us in a negative way? Yeah. Um, let's get back to sports. Uh, I was going yeah, to talk that about was, the, That was the fun reason why we decided to, to start this podcast right. in the first place. But, um, let's talk about uh, the U.S. Open. Oh, Golf. That's a, a game in which you hit a ball with a stick, go find it and hit it again until you can knock it into a little hole. Is or did a, you know that? Uh, I, I was, I wasn't talking about that U.S. Open, but all right. Oh. Okay. Oh, um, that's right. The yeah. other U.S. Open. Now I feel stupid. Yeah. I was talking about the game you play with some rackets and a green fuzzy ball and you hit it over a net. I think of it as a yellow fuzzy ball, but okay. Okay. Well, yellowish, greenish, whatever. Um, but hey, you know, you want to go on with that golf thing. I, I want to hear where this is going. Um, <laughs> Actually, why don't you talk about that? And I'll see if I can find anything on the internet about on, that while you're talking. No, no, no. All right. So, so seriously, let's just talk about, about, um, other reasons why you wouldn't want to use Twitter in sports. Uh, one well, of the it seems reasons. like it would be very difficult to do if you were playing tennis. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons is that, uh, you don't, the, the reason for the, the U.S. Open administrators, uh, don't want the, the tennis players to use Twitter is not because it may give someone an unfair advantage or it mm-hmm. may give, you know, you may find out, oh, my opponent tomorrow has apparently got a bum ankle. Um, I should hit things more to his or her right instead of left or anything like that. It's more because that information might be used by the gambling community to adjust odds. Oh. And they are very much concerned with their appearance and they do not want to look like they are feeding into this gambling um, community. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a kind of a PR thing. You know, they don't they don't want to be thought of as um, enabling folks uh, mm-hmm. to to wager huge amounts of money on various players. And if you were to leave a little information 
about someone, you know, maybe their arm feels a little weird, something like that. Then suddenly that creates a flurry of activity in the, the gambling community. And it looks like you are, um, you are sort of endorsing it, I guess, just by allowing this information out. So there have been a lot of, uh, warnings put up at the U.S. Open saying, don't use Twitter for those kind of reasons. Use Twitter. Just don't use it to, to give away information like that. Right. You know, use a little critical thinking before you start tweeting. And most people would say, hey, this is common sense. Who the hell would, you know, use Twitter to give away information that could potentially cause them problems down the line? But we see it again and again that people get these ideas like a thought occurs to them and they have to put it down in Twitter. Like they don't stop to think, hey, maybe I shouldn't share this with the entire world before, you know, hitting enter and they just go ahead and do it. I mean, I've done it too. I've sent out messages where I thought, you know, maybe I should have thought a little before I actually wrote that. Yeah. When you, uh, when you apply the logic of how it might affect, um, the odds in gambling, that, uh, that might cause some serious thought among the other leagues, certainly. Or the major leagues and, and the other professional sports because, sure. um, you know, when you think about that, anything, you know, a pitcher could be going back in the dugout and saying, you know, I'm feeling a little stiff. Hopefully I can work this out. That might, you know, it's the second inning. All of a sudden that changes the complexion of the game. You know, somebody calls back to the dugout, talks to the manager and goes, hey, dude, you know, Johnson just Twittered that his arm's feeling stiff. Yeah, maybe you, you need know, to now, switch and, him out. You know, the guys in the other dugout are also reading Twitter. Right. You know, so, I mean, it, I have the feeling that it's going to be, there are going to be prohibitions on it pretty much uh, within the next year to two years in pretty much all sports, I would guess, just because of that. Yeah, makes sense to me. It gives a competitive advantage and, and affects the gambling odds, you know. Yeah, there. It, it's funny because it's things that you would never really thought about back when Twitter first hit the, uh, I know. the you know, the public consciousness. I imagine that... Uh, it's the kind of thing that the, the founders of Twitter probably never thought would yeah. happen. Well, you know, for one thing, it's because people have turned Twitter into such a marketing tool, whether oh, yeah. they're marketing a product or themselves. And so with that come a whole host of other problems that people just didn't think about. Like, for example, um, let's say you're an actor and mm -hmm. you're on a movie set and you've got a Twitter account and you send out a Twitter message saying, I shot this great scene with so-and-so. But the 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 so and so's presence on the movie was a secret. It was supposed to be a, a you know a treat right. so that people would find out just when they went to see the movie. Like, oh my gosh, so and so showed up in this great cameo, and they kept it totally secret. Well, with Twitter now it's a lot harder to keep those secrets. It's not just the actors; it's the crew. You know, I mean, it's anyone who happens to be working on the film set. So you've got this concern now that anything that would normally be kept under wraps, because I mean, there are, there are movies out there that are famous. Like there are directors who are famous for keeping things as secret as possible, right. destroying script pages, printing it on dark paper so you can't make copies. Twitter is a huge security breach in that approach. Yeah, and then you have you know stuff like these writers are idiots. I hate this script. If they don't fix it now, I'm going to walk. Right. And I'm sure that the uh, the studio people are uh, going to rupture something when they read that. Yeah. You know. Ah! And then. The producers come along and go, you know what? If you guys can't work this out, uh, no. It's just another example of how our online lives and our personal real-life lives are just getting more and more intermingled. Uh, you can't really you can't really keep the two separate. I mean, it's it's just impossible. I mean, the only choice you really have is to avoid creating an online 
part of your life. Uh, I mean, I know that we've had to worry about things that we post up on our social networking sites just to make sure that, you know, we don't do anything that would give away uh, company secrets, like anything that was intellectual property or anything that was, you know, not public knowledge. We have to be careful about that. Yes. Yeah, so not, we- that, not that they tell us anything. I mean, we pretty much don't know anyway. But if we did know, we wouldn't be able to tell about it. Yes. I mean, otherwise people would find out that the reason why HowStuffWorks.com is so popular has to do with elven magic. Yes. Well, oh, it, you redacted, can edit that out, right? Redacted. Um, or the fact that I'm no longer supposed to send out Twitter messages saying things like Josh Clark, host of Stuff You Should Know, likes to dress up as a clown and eat kittens. <laughs> no, I'm not supposed to do that. I can say it on the podcast. I'm just not supposed to, you know, Twitter about oh, it. Oh, good. Well, I mean, as long as there's a clear line. Yeah. Actually, I was told I could say that on Tech Stuff Live too, so you never know what I might pipe up with. So I got the go-ahead. Yeah, live video. That's that's not nerve-wracking at all. Okay. Now that we've uh, exhausted, so I'm, I'm this, done with uh, sports, sports Twitter. Okay, good. Um, like like we said, we're probably going to see even more uh, regulations in the future as people tr- start to figure out what I would think what so. Twitter's place is in yeah. the world of sports. It kind of takes some of the fun out of it, but it. I understand why they're taking this. Yeah, you have to have some accountability there, not just accountability on the internet. Who thought it? Stop it. Yeah. You're talking crazy. I know. Blah, blah, blah. So that, I guess, wraps that conversation up. That brings us to our favorite segment, a listener mail. Uh Today's listener mail comes from Alex. Alex says, hey, guys, I was listening to your video game podcast and noticed that you said the PlayStation 3 was not backwards compatible. But in fact, the first 60 gigabyte models were backwards compatible. Love the podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Uh, Alex, you were not the only person to write in about this. Actually, we got several emails. And it is true. The 60 gigabyte model of the PlayStation 3 was backwards compatible. However, <laughs> it, is no longer, it is no Did longer it? on the market. <laughs> You, you can find used ones. I mean, uh, actually, they, they go for uh, quite a bit in some cases because of the, that backwards compatibility. Yeah. You yeah. Know, they're, Which is they're, funny because they just came out with the PS3 Slim. Right. So you can, you can buy – cheaper. You can, yeah, you can, buy, you can buy a new PS3 sometimes for less money than you would be able to buy a used one because the new ones do not have backwards compatibility. And those, of course, are the only ones that are available in stores. Right. So that's why uh, we talked about the lack of backwards compatibility. We were really talking about the consoles that were available on the market uh, at that time. It's funny because immediately after we recorded that podcast, Microsoft came out with its announcement of pr- cutting prices and getting rid of one of the models of Xbox. So it just shows you that as soon as you finish a podcast, someone's going to change something to make it obsolete. Yes. And uh, this just in, there's no more Twitter. No, so thanks very much. I thought you were going to say this just in. No more sports. <laughs> oh, that would have been better. Twitter I can live That's with. That's a better joke. Twitter I can live with. I, I, I need Twitter. I can't. I, sports gone. That's – I mean I miss See? hockey and See? baseball. Uh-huh. You know – oh, and curling. <clears throat> you know, the really competitive sports. Actually – never mind. Okay. I like curling. I think it's kind of cool. We're really going down a rabbit hole. you know, you could – 
just sort of be yourself. And- Let's just take this conversation offline, shall we? I'm pretty sure our listeners don't want to hear it. Okay. But if you do want to hear it, you can write us at techstuff at howstuffworks.com. We'll tell you all about our conversation about curling. Uh, if you have any other comments or questions or suggestions, send those as well. And if you want to learn more about Twitter and sports, you can find that at howstuffworks.com. Did you have something else you wanted to add? Yes. And if you'd like to follow Jonathan on Twitter. Ah, uh, yes. He's uh, John Strickland. That's J-O-N-S-T-R-I-C-K-L-A-N-D. And uh, if you'd like to follow me, I am Tech Stuff Chris, um, which is you know pretty uh, easy to spell. Yeah, so. that one's not so difficult. But uh, yeah, go ahead, join us. Join us. <laughs> All right, we're looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks very much for listening. We will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo. Zumo Play.